Welcome to the Bridge Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message from our special guest speaker, Stephen Bell. To access other resources or to find out more information about our church, visit thebridgespringfield.com or find us on social media at The Bridge Springfield. Good morning. Dennis, can you say you've been gone for a couple weeks? Thank you. You guys missed that, didn't you? Who missed it? Uh, One person, Dennis. One person missed it. You're good. It's all you need. Okay. (laughs) Well, let's pray again just in case Derek's prayer didn't work. I'm just, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm, I'm totally joking. I, I would have meant it if, no, never mind, I'm not going there. Okay, uh, totally joking. That was a very heartfelt prayer. Thank you, Derek. Um, man, it's cold. I, I, when I, I'm, I, I used to love winter. And then as I'm, I'm not saying I'm old, but as I'm getting older, I'm like, I don't like winter as much. I get cold. So, man, way, way to go and, you know, endure the suffering of the Midwest cold here this morning and, and come to worship with us, so that's awesome. Um, before I get into the message, um, I just, I want to, I, I usually I'll, I'll do the message and then share a prophetic word afterwards, but I really sense that uh, the response of the message is, is going to compel us to turn to the Lord for some things at the end of the message, some application time. Um, so I want to share this prophetic word uh, with you guys. And, and just so you know, if you're wondering about prophetic words, it's, it's in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14. Um, if you have any questions, uh, it, it, if I scare you off, it's, it, just go to Neil and Dennis. They'll clean up my mess. It's their job. But no, seriously, though, if, if you're wondering about the prophetic, it's very biblical. And, and the prophetic gift... In, in the church is to build up, to strengthen, and to encourage and bring comfort to the body of Christ. The prophetic gift is not to expose sin in people or to expose faults in people. It's actually to build up, strengthen, and bring comfort. That's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. So <clears throat> this, this, the prophetic word that I sensed for uh, the bridge I, I would say corporately, but then also for many of you as individuals in your lives. Um, I, I got this, Isaiah 43 in verse 18 through 19, and it says this, and, and if you want to write that down, you can, Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. And it says, remember not the former things, nor, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And as I was meditating on this portion of scripture for the bridge, the Lord began to remind me of how the Holy Spirit at creation in in Genesis 1, it says that the Holy Spirit was brooding, there's different words in different translations, but brooding, hovering, or overshadowing as the Father was speaking, 
the Word, which is Jesus, he was speaking the world into existence. What was the Holy Spirit doing? He was brooding and hovering, and he was, he was there for, to, to see all of creation conceived and come into reality. Okay, so what, is, what does the Holy Spirit do? He hovers and broods over what the Father is speaking into existence. Another part of it is, is with Jesus when it says that the Holy Spirit was overshadowing Mary, right? And then what happened? The Son of God was conceived in Mary. Why, how? Through the Holy Spirit. Same thing that he did at, at the conception of creation was the brooding, the overshadowing at the conception of Jesus. Bridge Church, the Holy Spirit is overshadowing you. The Holy Spirit is brooding and hovering. And another word in the Hebrew for, for brooding is fluttering. Fluttering. Literally, he's moving. He's hovering. Why? To, to conceive, to give birth to something new and, and the Lord is saying, remember not the former things. Now, this is a word for many of you and your families and as individuals as well. He's saying, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. In other words, dust off all the disappointment, frustration, and heartache from the last season. I mean, literally, dust it off. Lord, I'm not gonna consider these things that I'm, that, that I'm still packing on my shoulders disappointments. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I want to invite you to just put your hand on your heart to receive the word of the Lord. Now, when, when the word of the Lord is released, it comes in seed form. It's your job to water it and see it grow in partnership with the Lord. So, Lord, we thank you for your word that, behold, you're doing a new thing here at the bridge as a church collectively. Lord, Lord, you're saying, don't look to the past. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Lord, give us eyes to see what you're doing in our midst, the new thing that you're doing in our midst and in our lives personally and in our homes. We receive that word. And if you receive it, say, amen, I receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So I wanted to just release that first. So we're gonna continue on with the series, Means of Grace. How many of you have been encouraged and you've been enjoying uh, this sermon series, Means of Grace. We got about 10 people. Guys, you're doing well. You're doing well. I mean, 10 is better than one. So, <laughs> so I'm going to continue <laughs> with Means of Grace. I hope I get you to 11 people that, that are enjoying this. Means of Grace, um, I, I'm going to, and, and I love that that title for the series because grace, how many of you know grace is receiving what we, what we haven't earned? It's, it's receiving freely from the Father because of what he has accomplished through his son Jesus, not what we have accomplished. And it's grace, it's like, wow, Lord, it's, I couldn't earn it. I couldn't work for it. Um, it it's free. 
But also, when you do a deep study on the word grace, it also means uh, empowerment, a divine, the, the divine enablement of God at work in your life. And so the means of grace, that's what we're talking about, is the empowerment side of it, the, the, the divine enablement of God at work in our lives. And so I want to build upon Neil's message from last Sunday, a very powerful message on worship. And, and in building upon that, I want to just remind us of a couple of key points that he shared that really stuck out to me. Number one, uh, Neil talked about worship is a response to the character and nature of God, right? Worship is a response. It's, it's in response to his goodness. And I want to just say this. It's understanding the grace and kindness of God. We don't deserve anything, right? And yet he lavishes his extravagant love and goodness on us even though we don't deserve it. We could just say amen right there and go home. Wow, just, just, Lord, wow, it's amazing it, when, when you really think about it. I just got to repeat that. We don't deserve anything, and yet he lavishes his extravagant love and goodness on us. His grace compels a response of thankfulness and praise, right? When I, when I understand how good he is and all that he's done and how he's lavished, poured out his goodness upon my life when I don't deserve it. Guess what it does? It compels me to want to worship him. Amen? So that's point number one from, from Neil. The second point, and I'm, these are just reminders because my, my title is going to build off of these two, and this one is so powerful. Worship is an identity statement, right? John 4, 21 through 23 says this, Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. Now, what's so powerful about this is, is Neil pointed out is that, that for the first time, revolutionary, Dennis pointed this out as well, they got to worship the Father. Wow, he's Father, he's, he's my dad. I'm not just worshiping the King of glory or the God of creation or some, you know, Yahweh, this abstract God that's way out there. He's my dad. But also, look at what it, what it says, and I want to encourage you, anytime you're reading the Bible and you see where it says that God is looking for something, he's seeking something. How many of you know if God says, I'm seeking something, that's important to pay attention to? So God says, what is he looking for? He says, he says um, for the Father, or he, he says, Jesus says, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such what? People to worship him. Notice how it doesn't say the Father is seeking worship. It says he's seeking worshipers. That's an identity statement. 
Worship is not just something I do, it's who I am. My life is worship to God, whether I'm singing a song, whether I'm loving my wife, whether I'm parenting my children. For all you moms out there, well, dads too. Dads too. Changing a poopy diaper, man. Your life is worship to God. Amen. I, I heard all the ladies, amen. Because sometimes the dad will, dad will step in, but not, you know, maybe 5% of the time. Your work, what you do with your hands, your life is worship to God. So listen to this. Worship starts with the revealing of who God is and defines who we are. Let me repeat that. Worship starts with the revealing of who God is and defines who we are. Amen? So my title this morning building off of that is Worship is a Choice. Worship is a Choice. Why is it important to know that worship can sometimes be a choice? Because sometimes in life, life is going great and we just feel like worshiping. How many of you like those seasons in life when life is good and you're blessed? And I'm not saying that's not God. That is God. Where we have seasons where it's like, hey, how's it going? It's going great. I like those seasons, and those seasons are God. But here, here's the reality is that there are times when we're going through suffering. We're going through pain. We're going Notice how I'm saying going through. We're not staying there. We're passing through. Because you weren't created to stay in a season of suffering. You weren't, we weren't created to stay and remain in a season of pain and struggle. But how many of you can raise your hand and say, I've passed through difficult seasons in life? And guess what? When we pass through those difficult seasons in life we have an opportunity to choose to worship a good God. And those are powerful moments. I wanna talk a little bit about this. So I wanna, with that in mind, I wanna introduce a biblical concept that may be new for some of you, um, and it may just simply be a reminder for others. You've heard this before, but it's a reminder. Maybe some of you, this is, this is something that you have deeply experienced in your life, and for others, it's just a brand new concept. But I'm gonna give you some scriptures before I tell you what it is. Psalm 50, seven, uh, seven through 15. I wanna make sure we have this up here. There we go, okay. Psalm 50, seven through 15, it says here, now let me give you a little bit of the context of, of this psalm. This is, this, <laughs> this is God rebuking Israel again. <laughs> he had to spank them again. Why? Because they were turning to idols. They were turning to other gods. They were, in, 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 in a nutshell, they were trusting in self rather than abandoning themselves to trust in God. And they were straying in God. But God is bringing a case against them here and listen, really pay attention to what, what God is, he gets to the heart of the matter. How many of you know God always gets to the heart of the matter? Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, I will testify against you. 
I am God, your God. Not for your, not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills, and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Now, let me stop there. God is basically saying, look, you're, you're offering me all of these bulls and goats as offerings to me in worship, and that's, am I asking you for more bulls? Am I asking you for more goats? No, that's not my issue. You're offering enough animals as sacrifices to me. He, he says, listen, if I, if I wanted something, I would go get it. I don't need your bulls and your goats. What does he say here? Going on, God then says, offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows in the most high. In other words, follow through with what you've committed and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. What is God seeking there? What is he asking for? He's saying, listen, I'm not asking for more goats and bulls. I'm not asking for your sacrifices. I'm not asking for you to perform and do better. He said, just come to me with a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Offer up your gratitude and your praise to me and call upon me in your day of trouble instead of turning to other gods. Call upon me in your day of trouble and watch and see what I'll do, and and it will result in you glorifying me. Okay, so I wanna I wanna I wanna um, introduce this concept of a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. A sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Let's go on to Psalm 116, and and I'm gonna. I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation just because there's a a little bit of the wording that I really like in here. Psalm 116, 13 through 17. And it says, I will lift up his cup of salvation and praise him extravagantly for all that he's done for me. I will fulfill the promise I made to God in the presence of his gathered people. When one of God's holy lovers dies... It is costly to the Lord touching his heart. Lord, because I am your loving servant, you have broken open my life and freed me from my chains. Wow. Now listen to this. Now, because of what he's done for us, I will worship you passionately and bring to you what? My sacrifice of praise, drenched with thanksgiving. Isn't that amazing? For, so for some of you, this is just a reminder. For others, you're going, wow, I never thought, it's never entered my mind, a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. What makes it a sacrifice? Here's what makes it a sacrifice is when my circumstances are telling me something different from the promise of God over my life. God has promised something over my life, 
and my current circumstances are telling me something different, taunting me. Hey, I guess God isn't good. Remember that prophetic word? You remember that promise that God has given you? Remember the, the, the prophetic promises in Scripture that you have? And your circumstances are saying, man, he must not be good. He's letting you go through a hard thing. He's withholding his love. How many of you know when we're passing through difficulty and we're crying out to God to take it away and he doesn't take it away? Sometimes he does. How many of you have gone through a hardship and you've cried out to the Lord and he's taken it away? Thank God. And you go, wow, look at what God did for me. But how many of you have gone through difficulties and you've cried out to the Lord to take it away and he doesn't? See, this this is what the Bible talks about, the testing of our faith. Am I going to believe that he is still good and that he loves me and he has the best in mind for me and my future is full of hope when I'm going through a struggle that God's not taking away. He's not taking me out of it. He's allowing me to go through it. Amen? How many of you have been there? And, and here's an important note that I want to make sure that we understand about the concept of a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is a really important note. Okay, listen, God does not desire a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise to somehow gain his approval. No, he, do, do you understand that you already have his approval? It's not about trying to gain his approval. It's not about trying to gain his acceptance or try to get him to be happy with me. Oh, I'm going to do, I'm going to offer you a sacrifice of praise, God, to somehow get your attention. To, 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 to twist your arm and make you see me and pay attention to me and approve of me. No, he already sees you. He already approves of you. You're already in union with Christ. There's no separation, amen. You are one spirit with Jesus just as much when, when you're going through hardships or when life is good, you're still one with Christ, right? You're in union with him, drinking from the goodness of God. So what, what is a sacrifice of praise? It has nothing to do with performance. It has nothing to do with gaining God's approval. It has nothing to do with, with gaining brownie points in heaven. <laughs> look, look at me, God, I'm spiritual, I, I, I can endure this. Well, guess what? You're, you're trying to do it in your own strength. You know, you know what a, a true sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving is this. God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust that you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to do it. Lord, I'm broken. I'm hurting. I'm struggling. I'm going through loss, and it hurts but I choose to go against what I'm seeing with my natural eyes. I choose to go against my feelings of pain, and I choose to say, God, I offer the sacrifice. I just say thank you, praise you. I choose to worship you in the midst of it, and I'm declaring he's good, and I'm declaring to my circumstances, my God is bigger. 
And I don't know, see, this is the essence of hope, you guys. This is the heartbeat of hope. And the Bible says that, that we are those who have hope. We are not like those who do not have hope, even when we're suffering, even when we're going through struggle. We are not like those who do not have hope. What is hope? I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it because I know that he's good, and I know that I know that I know deep in my knower <laughs> that he's good, and I will die on this hill. I have put a stake in the ground. I will die on this hill. God is good, and my circumstances are not gonna tell me otherwise. Or in, in, let me put it this way. I'm not going to listen to my circumstances trying to tell me otherwise. Amen. Amen? It's a beautiful surrender. It's a joyful surrender. It, it may feel painful in the midst of pain, but I'm telling you, it's, it's a beautiful surrender. And I remember at, 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 at one point at work just recently in the last month, let me tell you, this, the, I don't want to go on and on about my woes. <laughs> you don't want to hear that. But the last two years have been probably one of the hardest seasons of my life. You can ask my wife. It, it's just been a hard, hard season. And I'm a very, for those of you who know me closely, I'm a very emotional person. You may not know that if you haven't come in close Man, Stephen, he just seems steady at, you know, he's just never seems bothered. Oh, get come in close, y'all. Come in close. I told my wife, I was like, man, I, I said, I'm, I just feel horrible because I feel like you've, the, the last couple of years, especially the last three months, you've you, you got a ticket for the Stephen Bell theme park, and you've been riding the Stephen Bell roller coaster. And it hasn't been a fun roller coaster at times. Maybe sometimes it's fun, but usually not. My wife has just been a, an anchor for me in, in this season. So I'm at work. It's been a tough season. I got sick. I had lingering um, symptoms from having the flu for three weeks. I didn't have sick hours to take time off, so I had to work through it. It was horrible, absolutely horrible. This is on top of sleepless nights, um, just a rough season, and physically fatigued, worn down, completely worn down, and, and feeling in some ways emotionally worn down. And uh, I'm at work, and I'm, at, I'm on mandatory overtime day, mandatory, had to be there. And uh, I'm there, and it's, it's, I usually work 10 hours. It was a 12-hour mandatory overtime day. And I, guys, I'm going to be honest, I'm hating life. I was hating life. I was a grumpy, disgruntled little soul. I mean, Seriously. And all my coworkers knew it. They're like, man, because normally I'm the happiest guy in that warehouse. 
Even on my bad days, I'm the happiest guy. And they're like, man, you're so happy. You're so joyful, so energetic. Where do you get that from? And I, this is honest experience I just had. I had a coworker ask me that. Where do you get that, Stephen? I said, well, honestly, it's my relationship with Jesus. And I told him about Jesus. And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, man, I got to get me some of that. And then he rode off. <laughs> I was like, you want some of that? Come back over here. Tell you how you can get it. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. I got to get me some of that when, when I'm talking to him about Jesus. <laughs> okay, moving on. So, so, <laughs> so I'm having a hard time. Hating life. I'm disgruntled. I'm frustrated. Get away from me. I love Jesus. Don't you lie to me and tell me you haven't been there. <laughs> Got your Bible. I'm, I'm a good Christian. Okay, anyway. So about 10 hours into this 12-hour mandatory overtime, it dawns on me. Man, I have an opportunity here. I have an opportunity to offer a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to the Lord at a time where I'm hating life. Literally, just I'm done. Not, sorry, not suicidal. Just wanted to clarify. Wanted to clarify. If you are dealing with that, Jesus has hope for you. I just want to clarify. I'm just like, with, I'm just done. I'm done. And, and I, I had this thought that I had heard before, and, and it was this. I was like, wait a minute. I'm not going to get this opportunity of pain and struggle back again I have this moment right here, right now, to worship God in the midst of pain. I'm not going to get that in heaven. I'm not going to get that opportunity in heaven because there will be no pain. There will be no tears. There will be no struggle. There will be no sin. I get to worship the Father in heaven from just the beauty an excellence of heaven with no pain. But in this life, I have an opportunity in pain to bring my sacrifice of worship to him even though I'm hating life right now. And so I stopped, and I'm, and I'm in the truck as I'm loading the truck. Dennis knows about loading the truck, worshiping and praying in the truck all by yourself, Dennis. And I just lift my hands, and you guys, I want to say this, it was a weak offering. It wasn't a strong, exuberant, extravagant offering. It was a weak offering. But you know what? The father was like, wow. He was so pleased because I gave him this weak offering of praise. I gave him what I had and it just pleases the Father. You know why? Because he says, wow, look, my son is trusting me in the middle of pain. Wow. Here's the key. It didn't change my difficult circumstances yet. It didn't change my difficult circumstances this beautiful surrender renewed my mind to see from his perspective, and it brought me into peace. And I want to share this. I'm going to kind of end with this, but it also positioned me 
to receive the abundance of grace. Now, let me explain that. How many of you know that the grace of God is always flowing? Why? Because of what Jesus did on the cross, period. His death and his resurrection, his ascension to the right hand of God, where it says in Revelation, it says that a river is flowing of the Lamb, from the throne and of the Lamb. I literally picture this out of his side where he was pierced. This may be gruesome for some of you, but it's glorious to me. (laughs) I see this river flowing out of the side of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, where he was pierced for our transgressions. And this river is flowing. And you and I cannot turn off or stop that river of grace and goodness and healing from flowing. But guess what? Each one of us has a grace valve. How many of you ever worked with, with uh, sprinkler systems or plumbing where there's a valve? The water is flowing, but you can shut the valve off or keep the valve open. But the water is always flowing, Right? The source, water is coming from the source. I want to encourage you that there's grace coming from the source at all times, but you have a built-in valve, and it's called your attitude, it's called your perspective, it's called your will. (laughs) And, And when we, in the midst of pain and struggle, we say, God, I trust you, I surrender I trust that you're good. I don't know how you're going to do it, but you're going to do it, and I'm going to remain in this place of hope. I'm declaring, God, you are good no matter what my circumstances say. Guess what you're doing? You're cranking that grace valve wide open. The grace is flowing into you. Amen? Peace is the evidence that I'm abiding, resting, and trusting in Jesus. Anxiety, worry, and fear is the evidence that I'm trusting in self. Let me say that again. Peace is the evidence that I am abiding, resting, and trusting in Jesus. Anxiety, worry, and fear is the evidence that I'm trusting in self. When anxiety, you know, some people I hear this all the time. I'm just feeling anxious and worried, and and that's normal. That's normal. Yeah, it is normal that we all experience those things, but it's not normal that we stay there. As Christians, when we are experiencing anxiety, worry, and fear, that needs to be the indicator that we need to repent and change the way we're thinking and perceiving things and turn our hearts back to the Lord Jesus Anytime you're feeling fear, anxiety, and worry, stop, pause. Lord Jesus, I turn to you. I'm filled with anxiety and worry and fear right now, but you're the Prince of Peace, and I surrender, I worship you. And I just, I mean, just take 30 seconds and pause and fix your eyes back on him. Amen, and the Prince of Peace fills you. I wanna end with this story. Jenny and I were... Jenny and I were um, uh, trying to have our second child. We had our first child, and uh, we were working on number two, and uh, 
we, we were running in, into some serious physical difficulties, and we, you know, we didn't really know what was really going on. We didn't know if it was something physically with me or something with Jenny, but we're talking two, three, almost four years, you know, three years into it, we're like, okay, what is going on here? Having just some issues with Jenny getting pregnant, and we're praying praying and 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 then we ended up God called us to to move from Ohio to California to live in California for a year where I did uh, went to a school of ministry over there and on our way Jenny gets pregnant yay God we're like whoa it's a new season it's a new season woo Jenny's pregnant we're going I'm going to do this ministry school seven weeks into it we lose the baby it was one of the hardest, one of the most painful things for us to navigate through because we, our hope was so high, and then it was like some, something just punched us in the gut. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and, and I had a choice to make in that moment. I had a choice, and my choice was this, is, you know, first of all, I had to evaluate my, my theology, Okay, I believe God is sovereign. What does that mean? I believe God is in charge, but I don't believe he controls everything. I had to revisit that belief system because I had to tell myself, God didn't cause this to happen. He didn't, he didn't choose to have us lose our baby so that he could pour salt into our wound and knock us down. Anybody believe that God did that, that that was his will, that that was his plan? Cam, I want to tell you that there are just things in life that happen sometimes that we can't explain, we don't understand. But I tell you this, God is sovereign, but he doesn't control everything. And that's where we have to trust that he's good. And I remember when Jenny and I were praying into this because God had given us a promise for a son. He said, not only are you going to have a second child, you're going to have a son. God spoke that to us, and we were praying, praying, God, and one day the Lord spoke to Jenny and I, and he said, stop praying and start declaring. Are you following what I'm saying? He said, stop asking me for what I already promised. Start declaring and agreeing with me for what I already promised. So we went from asking him to do what he already said he would do to saying, God, we thank you and we praise you that we're gonna have a child, we're gonna have a son, and you're good. And I remember, I remember going out on the side of a mountain overlooking the city where, where we were living and where we were going to the, I was going to the ministry school and, and I was out on that side of the, the mountain and I just, it was like I put a stake in the ground and I yelled, God is good! I yelled, I was like, the devil's gonna hear me, every principality is gonna hear me, I'm gonna hear me, God is gonna hear me, I'm declaring something that in my soul I'm putting a stake in the ground I will die on this hill. I will die on this hill. This is a non-negotiable. I don't care what I go through. I don't care what my circumstances are telling me. God is good. And do you understand? 
when you come to church and you do the religious God is good thing, God is good, brother, all the time, brother. (laughs) Come on. How many of you know in that situation when I'm on the side of the mountain, it's not God is good, brother. It's God is good. (sighs) I'm changed by it. It means something to me because he's good. He never changes. And guess what happened? We had a son, Judah. (laughs) And guess what? God went a little further than just fulfilling his promise like he always does. My grandfather, and I know this is going to sound like really bad news, but my grandfather, who was, he's kind of like the glue for the family. He, he, everybody gathered around my grandfather and he passed away suddenly from a heart attack. This is like, I don't know, 13 years ago, something like that. And it shook the whole family, shook the whole family. Nobody saw it coming. And a year later, Judah comes three weeks early, born on what day do you think? My grandfather's birthday. So God says, not only am I fulfilling a promise, I'm I'm redeeming a day that potentially could be full of sadness and I'm making it a day to celebrate because I fulfilled my promise and I gave you a son. You guys, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. But sometimes, sometimes God just does it without us going through anything. But sometimes God says, we're we're gonna endure through some stuff because you're gonna learn to trust me through the struggle and I'm gonna develop something inside of you that's gonna put iron inside of you. How many of you want iron, spiritual iron in your diet? Come on, three of you do. Man, I'm, whew, thank you, Jesus. I got three people. Let's stand to our feet. definitely went longer than I was anticipating, but it's okay. (laughs) I want to take a moment before Wes and the team lead us in corporate worship. I want you to just close your eyes and make this a moment with just you and Jesus. And I want you to evaluate the areas of your life, the specific areas of your life, and I want you to ask yourself, Is there an area of my life that's been filled with disappointment? It's been filled with a sense of hopelessness. It's been filled with a sense of pain. It's been filled with a sense of loss. Is there an area in your life where you're experiencing pain or struggle? Okay? I want you to just take a moment with Jesus and think about that just for 30 seconds here. And we're gonna do two things with that. 
okay, if that's you, if there's something specific, usually when somebody's going through a struggle, it doesn't even take you 30 seconds to know that you're going through it. (laughs) Most humans are aware of their difficulty. Okay, if that's you and you, you can name it, you know, I'm not talking about generalizing something. You can specific, specifically say, I know what this area of pain, struggle, loss, whatever, disappointment is. I want you to put it, act like you've put it in your hand. Act like it's in your hand. Put your hand out. And then I want you to lift it to the Lord. And I want you to say, Lord, just begin to worship him in the midst of it. Just say, Lord, I trust you. God, I give you my disappointment. I give you my pain. I give you my frustration. I give you this struggle. And I want you, whether it's loud or in the quietness of your heart, maybe somebody in here this morning needs to yell, God is good like I did. You don't have to. You can do it in the quietness of your heart. If it gets quiet or loud, I don't care. But I want you to say to God, I want you to actually, I want you to look at the circumstances in your hand that's causing trouble and disappointment. And I want you to say, God is good. Speak to it. God is good. Let's say it together. God is good good. And let's say one more thing. Let's say, I don't know how he's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it. Just say that in your own heart. God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I know you're going to do it because you're the God of hope. Amen. Now let's just lift up our hands. Let's just give him thanks. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you and we thank you, Lord. That no matter what we're going through, you are the God of hope, and you are good, and you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Lord, we are putting a stake in the ground that if there's one message that the bridge would carry within the gospel, and it is this, God is good. He's a good father, and we declare it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you received a fresh revelation of the gospel of grace and that you experience the goodness of God in your everyday life. For more content like this or to stream our services live, visit thebridgespringfield.com. Have an awesome week.